and we're live. Hi, Elmo. We're not doing. We're not doing. Babe. We're not doing Elmo. Okay, you guys. Connor is fucking creepy as fuck. So he does so many voices, and I love it so much. For our private life. And it's yeah, we have our own language. It's pretty funny. Katie Calder thinks she speaks our language. She, she likes tries. to be in on it. She tries. Yeah. Shouts, She's got like a, a, a rudimentary understanding of yeah. our advanced language. Wait till you guys meet. I feel like it's going to be the best ever. Anyway, so Connor this morning starts talking in Elmo's voice, but says the most inappropriate shit. Yeah. And it's been going on for hours now, and I could not stop laughing. I was crying. It was so funny. I mean, if you can, if, I'm not going to do it on the show yet. You need to do Maybe it. Maybe I will one day. We'll leave, we'll leave the people hanging. But when you're talking about like <sighs> slapping hookers, it's almost pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up. So, so, and it's funny when you're in Elmo's voice. Like, if you said it in your own voice, you would sound like a sociopath. But right. since you're saying it as Elmo, it's like a completely ridiculous. <laughs> and then we started talking about how you're gonna teach our kids and then we started playing Elmo songs and then we started playing the wiggles and wiggles. here we are <laughs> hot potato hot potato if you know that you've got kids you've talked about the wiggles and sang that song on the show before have i yes smash banana smash banana yeah it's good it was, it was, it was also but i haven't like thought i haven't thought about having kids and watching i thought about the wiggles songs mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is actually like really good for like a kid who's just learning how to talk because it's like a it's like the same word over and over but potato 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 spaghetti yeah. spaghetti, spaghetti it's like when it's like helps you know to banana banana it's like those mm-hmm. are kind of like multi-syllable words that two-year-olds are learning mm-hmm. you know so i don't i don't mean this to offend you i mean this so sincerely you know how you have struggled with your reading and you've worked really hard on it and you've gotten so much better and I'm so proud of you. Hang on. It's not my read. It's, it's the, reading the, out loud. The reading out loud. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. He can read. I can <laughs> fucking read. <laughs> I was in AR. I had a, a guy. I fucking scored AR points. I read Dr. Doolittle in the fourth grade. Everybody can suck up. Connor, I mean, I don't think literally everyone I talk to, whether they've met you in person or not, it's like Connor's very smart, very well read, you know, very well rounded. But he can't fucking read. But he can't read out loud. No, you struggled with that. You've talked about it on your show. Every and time on I, here. I have a fourth grade reading level when it's yeah, out loud. But I'm so proud of you. But what do you think that's gonna be like when you're helping teach our kids to read? Do you think that'll be like an interesting experience for you? Because you struggle a little bit with it? No, because the reason I struggle with it is because of Sunday school. Oh, I've never heard this. I hated reading out loud. I had to read like we had to to go around and read Bible verses. Oh, this is Jesus's fault? Fuck, yeah, dude. God, everything's Jesus's It was like you have to read these words and it's like embarrassing. And I was already like socially kind of anxious and you have to read like about Ezekiel and his wife you know, Montezuma or whatever the fuck is going on and this other thing's <laughs> happening and it's like, none of the words make any sense and you're yeah. like, you're supposed to believe this shit and it's like, I can't even, I, and then I feel like, I feel like the kid in, in, uh, um, Billy Madison, when he's oh. just, you know, it's like, I know the Sunday school teacher's like, what a fucking tard. Oh. Like, it's like, kid can't even read. <laughs> Today, Junior. So yeah, so I just didn't. So that's why you struggled. So I just didn't. You were nervous. I just did not. I would like refuse to read out loud. I wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it in school. I fucking hated it. I hated it. I'm so proud of you, babe. I didn't know this. So when I had to do the show and have to like read articles, I like read full articles. Yeah, with big words that make no sense. But also, (laughs) but the thing about it is, like, I just have to make it. It's like a. It's like if you're gonna do that, you just got to make it a bit. It's like, hey, everyone knows I can't read. Oh, let's make fun of me. You know. Great bone structure. Can't read. I'm a fucking cliche. Hey, you know what it is? It's but hard to be beautiful. It is. It's so, it's a tough life. <laughs> I know. With this jawline though, it just, who needs to read with this jaw, this bone structure? You know what I'm saying? You're, Square jaw, motherfucker. Captain America looking you're ass. so lame. <laughs> 
Hey, babe, did you know we're getting married in six weeks? Yeah. Whoa. About that. Literally. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, Connor Moore. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I was looking at boots today. We, oh, we're you gonna wear? wear boots. I think we should get bride and groom cowboy hats, like cheap ones. My sister can make them. Oh, that'd be. Oh, my God. We should totally do that. It'd be fun. Oh, let's call Taylor just, today. It's a, it's a Texas theme wedding, basically, which is so hokey and stupid, but I love it. It is. <laughs> With our Airstream bar and whatever else. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited about our, it. I bought our cake topper yesterday. Oh, you did? You actually did it? Mr. and Mrs. Moore. I thought you put Keldog and Sea Daddy on there. Like, oh, that's more on brand. Damn. Why did you say that? We were in the car was, looking at that. We were going bird hunting. I was focused. It was on our way home. I was still focused. You on were other, tired. I was I was focused on other things. I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I sent, I fucking sent it this past week i'm wrecked do you want to give everyone a brief update on your hunting adventures brief oh well update. That's what, that girl at the coffee shop I was know. like how was hunting and i was like how many words do you want me to answer with? yeah <laughs> well i learned so much every time i'm out there one i've got to go to rei and get some rain gear because i got rained on and i usually when it's raining i just like crush it and i just hang out in the tent i'm like i'm not even gonna mess with it but i haven't dealt with rain i've dealt with snow which is mm-hmm. it doesn't get you as obviously it doesn't get you as wet um and i was super moist um no, so it was cool, like, within the first 30 minutes of being in the woods, like, out of the truck, I heard an elk cow running, just, like, I heard, I saw tracks, and I heard her, like, it was the, it was the day before hunting season, or else, I mean, there's a cow, there's a cow elk, like, a 400 yards from the truck, I'm shooting that cow, like, that's, I have a cow tag, I'm like, yeah, that's, would be great, I can just, like, pack it up, I can just put the whole thing in my car if I want, it's, like, right here, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to, like, hike up 6,000 feet and go get the damn thing, but, uh, no, I found, I found a, a matching set of moose, at, moose paddles, which they're are, so moose antlers, cool, uh, which are pretty big, which is, and finding one is a big deal, but finding a matching set right next to each other, and they were, like, 30 yards from the trail, I just caught them out, out of the corner of my eye when I was walking, so I, like, hit them under a bunch of sticks, uh, so that was cool, but on my way in, I lost my gun. I lost my pistol that I had in my side pocket, and that was really frustrating. So that was like a big part of like the rest of that day and the next morning. So I was like burned my I burned a lot of elevation. Like it's burned a lot of steps, like up and down this like six hundred foot of elevation change slope, probably about a mile mile or so back and forth, just looking for this pistol. And I was really frustrated. But I mean, it happens. It happens a lot. It was really that was like that was exhausting. A little bit mentally kind of taxing and I was getting rained on when I was looking for it and I didn't have any rain gear, which is dumb on my end. Lesson We're learned. buying rain gear today for you. Yes, I'm going I'm going on a, a little bit of a uh I'm going on a bargain seeking adventure at REI in the in the clearance section for some extra large rain gear. But it was great and got in. I've hunted this place before, you know, did some calling. It was a little bit like, you know, just like his first first week back of my second season. So I'm like, it's something I could spend a lot of time doing. Um had the best encounter I've had with a bull elk. Did not get a shot. I drew my bow four times, twice at a cow, twice at a bull in the same herd. Uh, this bull was really smart. He was old and he was big. It was a master class in like just understanding how these things move. Like he was, mm. we were up on this ridge. So we're at about 11,000 feet and I'd met up with these two other hunters. We'd actually called each other into each other. So we thought we were both cows. So we were cow calling. When you walk around, you make a lot of noise, right? So you, you kind of pretend to put the elk at ease. You, the little cow call to so because elk are not are not quiet. Yeah, they can come in quiet if they want to, but they're generally speaking, they just like you can hear them walking through the woods from like a hundred yards off. So we threw some cow calls over this ridge, had a bugle, moved over, called them some more, got a bugle, started moving down this this um this slope, and he was bugling. I was the furthest away from it at that time. I could barely hear him, but the other guy could hear him because he was bugling real quiet, which smart elk will do because when they bugle loud, they get chased by hunters. Mm-hmm. So he was bugling quiet, but it was like, you could hear him. He's, you know, just doing his thing. 
and I get down and I start hiking down this ridge and we're getting down to where it's like, there's a point where you got to go like, I can't shoot an elk down here because it would get, if he goes, if he decides to run downhill and die, it's going to be, I mean, I'd probably still do it, but it'd be like, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. This thing. Cause you gotta think you're, you're six trips, six trips with 80 pounds on your back. So you got to like, unless you have a bunch of friends, which I would have been calling everybody I knew and been like, this is guys, this is going to be a rough day, Yeah. but I'll buy everybody dinner, <laughs> give everybody a piece of this elk. So we get down there and it was just, it was the only time I've ever been in a, in a herd. So it was about, I think it was about four, four to five cows. I mean, it was real thick. I couldn't see all of them. So three, three or four cows and two, a couple calves. Um, and I saw this bull and he was just a stud and I could not get a shot at him. It was, it was really frustrating, but I had a guy up behind me about 40 yards. He was doing the calling. So I didn't get to, I couldn't call anymore because once you call, once you, once you make a sound, they know exactly where you are. So like you, wild. They're so smart. From 500 yards off, you can be cow calling. This happened to Remy Warren, a hunter that I follow. Cow calling, falls asleep, wakes up and there's a bull standing next to him, looking at him with one eye. <laughs> Like if you think about Jurassic Park when they're like the T Rex is like looking out of yeah. one eye, you know, like that's how because they have eyes on the side of their head, like just looking at him, like what? And he's like, what? Didn't even want to open his eyes all the way because he knew he'd see the whites of his eyes. Oh my god! I was just like squinting at him, like because if you scare them, they'll stomp, they can stomp you to death. Jesus! Like, like a like a horse or a cow yeah. can do the same thing. But it was just really exciting to get in there. It was really great. Uh, had a bunch of bulls bugling the night before I left. Uh, toward the end of the night, had one close to camp, so I had a couple opportunities. Um. But I'm ready. I'm ready to get back out. My feet got wrecked because they were just wet. I didn't take. I didn't do a very good job. I. I. It's just like le- learned lessons, right? I don't totally. spend a lot of time in the backcountry outside of hunting season. So, yeah, my toes are sore, and um, I'll have to just deal with that for the rest of the month because I don't think they're going to get all the way better until. Yeah, I mean, done. you're not leaving till what Thursday, so and yeah, today's it, Monday. Yeah, so, so you have like five days of drying them out a little bit. Yeah, which will be I think helpful. Four days, but or yeah. four. Whatever. <laughs> Can't do math. Uh, but yeah, it was really it was exciting. It just was nice to meet up with some guys, and I realized like I do so much of my hunting solo, but you are not a solo hunter. I, I and I, I do, but I, I can do it for three days. Yeah. But it's just like you get bored. But then he starts to miss me. I do. Oh, I miss you the whole time, and I, yeah. I send you really sweet messages. But um, yeah, I mean, it was really, it was really cool. And then I, I just hauled ass out. I was like, I wanted to hunt my way down, and then turned out to be a good choice because I had a camera set up in there, and I had two big bulls on that camera. And so I knew they he was showing there. me pictures of the elk that were coming near the right. The elk. Yeah. It was an elk and a a cow, like a, a calf. bull and a cow. There was oh, two bull, bull two bulls and a calf. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm still learning the lingo, everybody. Um, and a calf is like a uh, a young, like a fawn. Yeah, but the calf was like putting its nose onto the camera, so there all these pictures of like blurry with like animal noses in the camera. It was yeah, so funny. well they can they can smell they can smell you on the camera. Yeah. They can see you're, they have really good sense of smell. That's what, like they can see you and they don't like that bull saw me. Yeah, and he still hung around. They don't they don't they're not as flighty as like um some animals mm-hmm. like if antelope. They, if they, yeah. Yeah. And, well, antelope. The thing antelope is, antelope season went real well. It's the same as every time. I only hunted two days though, whatever. Yeah. But antelope, the main, their primary defense is their eyes. Mm-hmm. Elk, their primary defense is their nose. So because they don't, they can't. They're in thick stuff, so they need to be able to smell. Kind of yeah. like deer. Deer have, can see and smell really well, but elk, it's like they can see you. But if they don't, if you don't like, if you're not clearly out in the open, like a human shape, if you're kind of in the trees, like they'll just kind of write it off. Because mm-hmm. they're also big enough that like, and there's six of them. So like, if a bear comes out of nowhere, they can just they win. Yeah. You know? But, um, antelope, yeah, they, when they see you, that, 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 that's why they stay out in the very, very open. It's just, just different evolution yeah. of probably shared a common ancestor somewhere down the line. 
What the hell were we talking about? I don't know, but I was going to ask you, I think it's interesting. Oh no, the calf. Oh yeah, the calf. Oh, but she, the so calf, like the bull would have smelled it too, but he didn't care. But calves are just like, they're like kids. They're, little, yeah. they're curious. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it smells me on the camera and it's like, looking at the camera and there's a picture of it like, huh? And then it's like, gets closer <laughs> and then it's like, and then it's like looking at it and then like sticks its nose and the <laughs> so, cute. so cute. And that was the first one I saw and I was just flipping through because it does a three picture burst. So it was like, it was like, and then it like disappears and it came back and you're just like, what is this thing doing? So funny. And I don't know why it was by itself. Usually they're not, calves aren't by themselves. So yeah. there must've been, there may have been other elk like just on the other side of the camera and it was just hanging out. They mm -hmm. may have been feeding in there or something. It was just funny. That was really cute. Yeah. But the bulls that we caught on there were, you know, they were sizable for mm -hmm. over the counter units. Yeah. But that's enough. That's the hunting update. I love it. So I think it's interesting when you go out there, everyone has their own experience with this. Yours is the woods, you know, but you gain a lot of perspective. And I think there's this a deeper sense of gratitude. And you were saying how you message me sweet things and you do. And you said something about how when you get out into the woods, you immediately miss me and our family and our life. And I would just love to know, especially after last year, tears already welling um <laughs> after last year when you lost when we lost remy during hunting season which made it you know the hardest ever what it feels like for you out there truly just alone in the woods and having a lot of space and time to be with yourself and reflect and go inward and what is that like well i mean you know like I like meditated out there a little bit too. It's just, it's just, it's oh just my God, so you finally meditated you guys. <laughs> yeah. A couple of times. It's just nice to like, you get so amped up and it's nice to like, it's and you're, especially when you got something going on, like your adrenals are just like slammed. Yeah. And then you come back, you get done. You're like, I'm dr I feel drunk. It's like, I was sitting there like for that bull, for example, like for 20 minutes an 11 out of 10, just like amped, you know, just trying to keep my shit together. Mm -hmm. And then you get done with that and you're like, Oh God, I'm so tired. Um, no, but, but I mean, most of the time, well, most of the time you're not going to kill something. And most of the time when I'm out there, I'm by myself. So it's like, you're just walking around thinking, you know, you can't have, you can't, I listen to an audio book at night. And then that's when the elk started screaming by my camp. You know, it's like, you just can't, you can't turn yourself off like that. I've got to do a better job of like sitting down and just like taking a break because I just end up wandering around and wrecking myself. Mm -hmm. But even then when you're tired and you're exhausted and your feet hurt and there's no one there to like commiserate or talk to and you're like, I'm just, I, I text you so much. So I got the unlimited plan on the inReach uh, so I can text without, um, without service. I don't know. It's just like you just start thinking about stuff that you don't think because it's like you're not, you're so, you're like the farthest removed in my experience, the farthest removed from your normal life. It's like, I'm not thinking, I'm not immersed in like what's going on in politics. I don't even know what this people are like, yeah, you missed a lot in the past week. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck happened today. I don't, I haven't even looked. I've got like about four hours of content to consume to kind of catch myself back up on what's going on. But like that takes about 70% of my like mental energy is towards that, you know, mm -hmm. and doing the politically homeless show and merch and other, but I'm not thinking about any of that shit. I mean, I think about it, but it's like, that's just not really where my mind's at because I don't, it's like, I do not have access to the internet. Right. Sometimes I have service and I'll get on Instagram and I'll post some videos and every now and then I'll find a spot in the right area where like the stars align and I have like a bar, you know? <laughs> um, but most of the time I don't. And I, I prefer it that way. Right. Especially when you get back like, you know, over four miles in, it's like, there's nothing over there. So it's like, you're just disconnected from all the distractions. It's just a distraction free thing. And you can distract yourself with stuff. Like I'm going to take the Kindle this time so I can read because I can read and still listen and just sit out in the kind of the middle of the day and just hang out. Um, but it's just a weird, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's, it's a, that level of just like aloneness 
it's almost kind of like being in a float tank in a weird yeah. way because you just don't have the option. And your mind, at first, you kind of like burn through the stuff that you normally think about, and then you just get bored of it. Mm-hmm. You get bored because you don't get to, you don't move on to the next thing. You just get bored of whatever is the, the normal thing that's running through your head. And then I get songs stuck in my head. And then it's what, I, and then, but then you're just sitting there at night, and it's like I go to bed, like I go to sleep. I very rarely will be awake past eight, eight fifteen. Yeah, maybe eight thirty, and I'm out. Um, it's the one time in our lives where you go to bed before me. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm like sweet dreams, and you're like it's seven o'clock. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I'm done. Um, <laughs> it's like I still got thirty minutes of shooting light left, but I'm I'm exhausted. So it's just, I think there's I don't know there's something about being alone like that that's important. And I was with guys for about you know total. We probably spent like seven hours together out of four days, so not a ton of time. And that was fun, just mm-hmm. like meeting people, and they're from Texas, and we we're shooting the shit, and we grew up kind of close by each other. Um, so yeah, that's cool, but yeah, when you're by yourself, it's just it, one. It's hard to stay a long time. You just get. It's like I, I think about all year. All I want to do is be out there, and then I get out there, and I'm by myself, and it's like okay, like three days of hard hunting. I'm like, I'm I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I've got to learn to be better about. But then again, yes, it's the loneliness. And when you're lonely, that's the thing is like, I'm lonely, but I don't ha- I have, it's not like I'm lonely. I'm choosing to be out here and be lonely. It's not like I'm lonely and like suffering and like no one wants to be my friend. It's like I get to, you know, <laughs> I'm just out here doing this thing I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, gr- and it's also, it's weird because there's like this, a lot, it's a very conflicting. I know I'm talking through this because I haven't really ever thought about this in this way. It's this conflicting. This is why we because, have the show so I can ask him these questions. Yeah, <laughs> it's be conflicting because it's a dichotomy in your own like mind because. I'm doing the thing that I, it's like my, the thing that I'm passionate about doing. Like, this is my thing. Like this, I put all my, like my recreational time goes into this type of stuff and I love it. It's so fun. And I'm so grateful that I get to do it. So there's a lot of also gratitude for you because without you like anchoring our lives together, I don't get to do this kind of shit. I've been wanting to do this since I was like 12 years old and I'm 34. I didn't start doing this till I was 33. Mm -hmm. So there was like, you know, a couple of decades where I was like salivating for this. And now I'm out here having elk scream in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And so there's a lot of it's just like when that happens, I'm like, the first thing is like, oh, I'm so grateful for Kelly for to be able like to so because she's able to like hold down the fort, keep the dogs, do the thing, you know, like create the stability in my life where I can go out here and like get let, let my feet get beat to shit trying to like climb up these mountains and find you know animals with trees growing out of their face. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like a weird, it's a weird thing. So like one of it is just like, wow, I'm so grateful. And like one of the, whenever something really good happens, I always think about you first. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm so grateful for Kelly for being able to do this kind of stuff, you know, and you've helped me so much with all of it and like talking through it and putting up with like me out calling in the house, you know, for the last <laughs> month. It's annoying as fuck. I know it is. It's not as annoying as the duck calls. No, it's not as annoying as, as the duck calls, which is ranking number two on my list of fun shit to do <laughs> but yeah it's just a lot so you're like grateful and then you miss people and then you're like i don't get to like snuggle anybody and you're sleeping like i'm sleeping on a blow-up mattress you know i've got a little blow-up pillow and i like stuck in there which is cool and it's fun and it's like you wake up and you're cold and there's no one to talk to and you're making coffee by yourself and there's something really cool about that it's really really nice but at the same time it makes you like really grateful for home mm-hmm. you know and like the comforts and sleeping on your bed and you know i think about like when i and the funny thing is too when i like switched gears and i'm like okay when i hiked out it was like 2 30 when i was like and i was far away i was probably six miles from the truck not as a crow flies but how far i'd have to hike and that was mostly downhill which meant i knew my feet were gonna get hammered and i was like all right you can pack up camp it'll take you 45 minutes to get camp packed up and you can get out of here and i have all my camp on my pack on my back so i don't like have like a base camp or anything like that and i was like and by the time you're like almost to the truck I'm just so excited to be home. 
But then again, I'm also excited to be back out there. Yeah. I'm like reevaluating, like, where am I going to go? How am I going to get in? What am I going to do? So it's just, it's, it's, it's just, this, it's a lot of emotions at one time. And that, and, and none of that has to do with killing an animal. This is all stuff that's outside of that, right? Like there's excitement around like finding an animal and, you know, calling your friends and telling them and get it, getting them to come out and drive three hours, come help you pack it out and all that, like all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm so stoked for that because there's something about that where it's like, now I owe Ben, right? Now I've got it. Now he, now next time he, now he, he goes hunting and I'm at home. I'm going to be like, Hey, whenever you, you know, get one down or even if I'm hunting and he hits me up, I got Now I owe him one. Um, but yeah, so it's just like a lot of, there's just so many emotions that are involved in it that have nothing to do with like killing an elk. Yeah. It's weird. What I, I know I'm rambling a lot, but no, no, I think it, I think it's great. I mean, this is why we do this show, right? Not just so that we can <laughs> blabber on, but yeah. really so much of our dynamic that I think people maybe don't resonate with, but are curious to learn more about is how we create freedom for each other as individuals and within our relationship. And we do talk a lot about sex and threesomes and bringing other people (laughs) in and that's all like well and good. Mm -hmm. But I really think that it's, it's a higher level of freedom. It is what you're talking about. You've had this dream since you were a little boy. And I know that there are a lot of women who would never be okay with their partner being gone for most of six weeks, like gone for four or five days, home for a couple of days, literally only talking about hunting, not getting fucked because you, all your energy goes into elk and not my pussy. So there's that (laughs) September, the month that Kelly doesn't get fucked. Thank you very much. But like, there's a lot of people who wouldn't be okay with that because it feels like you're taking away from me and I have to stay here and I'm running the company and I'm taking care of the dogs and I'm clean. I'm doing all the things Mm -hmm. and you're just off. Right. I value that so much about our relationship in that you are so much happier. You're a better partner. You're a better dog dad. You are better at your work. You are more balanced. You are more fulfilled and more joyful. And our relationship is better because we have agreed on this amount of freedom and this ability for you to go and pursue this thing. And I think really it's this is a possible dynamic and no, I'm guessing most of the people that listen to this show are not hunters or their partners are not hunters. We, I, I get that. But there's always a thing. There's always Whatever a it thing. Is. And it's like the way you were when I got to go to Tulum for seven days, I went to LA and then I went to Tulum with my girlfriends. You did the same thing. I went to Nashville. It was a work trip, but same thing. It's supporting your partner and doing things that really matter to them. And allowing them to express themselves in whatever way that looks. And I just think it's really cool that we get to do this. And I wouldn't have done this three years ago. Like there's no way I would have been okay with this. I would have thought you're so selfish and how could you leave me? And I would have been jealous that you're going to do something, even though you're by yourself. Like I just, I didn't have the capacity for this. And I think it's really cool that we've been able to create this dynamic and it, it just feels, it feels really fun. And it feels like there's more space in the relationship because of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also like, it doesn't, there's not a lot of resentment there because you would do the same thing. I just, yeah. mine's up condensed into like the fall pretty much. Yeah. Then it's still, it's like, it, it's, it's, yeah, there's times I'm gone, but it's also like, it's, it is kind of a burden when I'm like waking up at two o'clock in the morning to go duck hunting or whatever. It's like, there's, there's stuff going on where it's like, you, we only get to do this for a brief, like a quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to do as much of it as I possibly can. Well, yeah, he got back at 11 o'clock on Saturday night and then Sunday at 12 PM, we left to go dove hunting Yeah, and didn't get home until 10 PM last night. Yeah. And I'm exhausted. 
Um, I need to chill. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I wanted to get it was more a lot of that was for Theo too because yep. I wanted to get him out and have him run around. Um, which was a clusterfuck. But yeah, I think there's a lot of that too where it's like so I don't I don't think twice about it when you like go do whatever for ten days or four days. I don't care, you know. Just do it. It's like it's, it's I just, actually disagree a, with that. The first year and a half plus of our relationship, you you did not like when I was gone because it was so much for you to handle the house, the dogs doing just random shit that I take care of that you don't even know is happening. Right. Yeah. You are different now. Like, well, because it was also like there was like my life. You got to also understand, like we've talked about this on the show a bunch of times. Like my life was infinitely more simple yeah when it was when, I, when we weren't together yeah you didn't so own like, two houses 3.3 acres two dogs a company yeah multiple exactly podcasts. i'm gonna do all this other shit and i'm like dude i'm this is like not how i, I was like i had to like learn as like a, there was a large learning curve so you're yeah. like leaving someone who doesn't isn't like competent in do in handling these <laughs> skill set these things in like, doing the dishes and cleaning the floor ladies <laughs> yeah i can do i do those i can i'm competent in like taking care of basic needs uh-huh. but it's there's just a lot going on you're like you gotta do this and you gotta do that and i'm like and you also had these expectations of me and i'm like ah, dude i don't know what the fuck i'm like you're like can you do i'm like dude, i don't know i don't know how to do this shit like i i i do my thing this is like not and you know i don't know i live a very selfish life you, where I, I was gonna say thing. you were very much more selfish than you are now but well, i think i mean we both were, i don't but. feel so stupid i don't like feeling stupid and right. i feel stupid a lot i was yeah. like well when you ask me questions and i'm like i don't know you know mm-hmm. what i mean but there's also things like that i thought about that you didn't think about like why are pipes busted at the at the house in denver yeah because you were like kept putting it off and i'm like you, you live in colorado dude like this is not it's good they're gonna explode and here we are three thousand dollars later yeah <laughs> but you know it's like there was but it was just i felt a little just a lot of overwhelm and, and it felt dumb and i didn't like that but now it's like whatever the dogs take care of themselves i, I don't i i when you're gone i use like three dishes yeah. so i don't like you know what i mean he eats eggs <laughs> I eat eggs and beef yeah you know or, or some wild game if i have it around but it's like even then i just rinse my plate off and put it back over there you're the one that like make use like four pots of pan. i cook everything in the same pan <laughs> i don't need i may use a cast iron in another Such pan a and it's like it's like yeah I don't, I don't and when you're here i'm kind of a degenerate like i don't you know what i mean you know though it's so funny I was telling you how I didn't really feel good this week and all I wanted to do was sleep. I didn't get out of my pajamas two of the five days that you were gone. I just, I didn't work out. I was just, I was so tired. And I was thinking about how you're always a degenerate when I'm gone. I was like, wow, I am the lady version of Connor right I mean, now. I get, I get everything done, right? Yeah. But it's like, I don't. I worked from bed in my pajamas though and I ate chicken nuggets or I ate mac and cheese or, you know, just random stupid yeah. shit. And I was like, wow, I didn't, cook much it was it was funny I and felt i wake like up later or earlier yeah. i either wake up earlier or later it's like i don't want, i don't do the same it's like my routine just, it's just the time where i like cash in on like not having a routine but i just do my own thing and i'm like i gotta shoot my bow and i like leave laundry all over the fucking place until you right before you get home it's just like i, I go back to living like i was it's like and we have to, all the guys that i know do this we've talked about it it's like whenever my like the wife or the fiance or the girlfriend or whatever is gone it's like you just go back to being like when you used to live in a one bedroom apartment and like <laughs> you know like just left your dirty clothes and you I've, i enjoy when you're gone to sleep next to clean, clean clothes that are laying on the bed for several days <laughs> and just pulling clothes out of that and putting them on which if <laughs> they i never the make was, it to the closet and the thing was if i if i was single i wouldn't do that 
But right. since I, it's like it's, it's like, like a defiance. It's like almost. A, it's like, like I go <laughs> back. Yeah, it's like it's like I swing back in the other direction, like I'm in college or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I was, I would do that. And I had a twin bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still sleep next to my laundry for days. It's so funny. It's just funny, you know. Well, it's interesting. I notice just how much of my time and energy goes into taking care of you and like being ready. This goes into what we wanted to talk about today being ready to like do something. I'm like, okay, anticipate Connor's needs. Okay. What is this? What does he want for dinner? What can I do here? I need to go to the grocery store because I find my value in making sure that the fucking refrigerator is full at all times, it's like full all the time, all the things. And when you're not like, here, like, what's the store? And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like you went two days ago and you're like, we needed, I'm like, we didn't need anything. I'm my mother in that way. Yeah. I, my mom taught, my mom was at the store every other day and she went to four different stores and the fridge was always full and that made her feel good. And it made her do yeah. like, feel like she was doing right by us. And when, when, I've me, definitely taken that on. To me, when the refrigerator starts getting like, you get down to like less groceries, it's just time for more creativity. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you don't get groceries. What ways you get can more I creative. make this egg and bacon situation happen? <laughs> it's like, what can I mix together? And then you start looking for stuff and then you start find. then you don't waste food. Nothing like, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, I found this bell pepper in the back of the fridge that I forgot was there. I'm going to mix that. I'm going to make some stuffed peppers. I found some beef, you know, whatever. Yeah. Go anyway, ahead. so I just realized how much of my time is spent doing that and I'm really I was really conscious of that on this trip of wow so much of my life is dedicated to Connor and I kind of called myself on that because I love taking care of you and I love you more than anything and at the same time I just realized how I kind of burn myself out in being a caretaker, even when you don't ask me to, like I'm doing things that you don't ask me to do. You don't expect of me, but it makes me feel like I'm adding value to the relationship. And, you know, we've talked about this before. It's like, I'll buy you things. And early on I felt like, Oh, I'll buy this for him. Cause it'll make him want to be with me. And you've million times been like, I don't want to be with you because you bought me something like that's not what this relationship is. We're talking about that with the Kindle. It was the yeah. first thing you ever, like I have it in, I've never used it. Right. But I was like, man, I really wanted to read more. And I was like, I need a Kindle so I can just have something in my pack and just like go and keep books on it. Cause it syncs with your audio, it syncs with your audible. Mm-hmm. So it like keeps up with, so you can just open it up and like read, but you, wherever you left off listening. Um, and when I was like, that was the first thing where I was like, I just talked about that like a couple of times and then it just like showed up and I'm like, what are you like, what are you the fuck are you doing? Like, I didn't need you to get me the, like, I could have got it myself. I would just like, t- I was talking through whether I thought it was worth having one or not. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think I want one, but I'm not really sure. Let me think about it. Let me like prove that I want to read. Um, with well, I think eyes. that's, that's the interesting difference between you and I, I'm not going to talk about something unless I'm like, I want this, I'm making this happen. Maybe that's the manifester in me in that. I, when I talk about it, it comes to life. Right? Well, no, but you, you, I, I need to talk through whether or not it's a worthwhile investment. Right. You Same also thing. just don't, you don't have a filter. Like you are full stream of consciousness. Like whatever is in your fucking pea brain comes out your mouth and you don't even think about it most well, of the yeah, time. I know, but it's also and cool s- ideas come out of there. Right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like blaming you or saying anything. I'm just saying you and I are different in that way. Like the, I, I like will the, vet things before I say them. You don't vet things for the I most am, part. That's what I am doing. I'm vetting well, you're them, vetting them out loud. Yes. Right. I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's where the gym idea came from, which is a great idea. Such a great idea. Our and new, we're going to follow through on that. Yeah. But we, which is the 5% of things that I say that actually come to reality. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I've been learning over the last two and a half years. Yeah. It's so funny. And sometimes you just, yeah, you're, just, you're very overzealous about it and you get very sneaky. It's very funny. I love it. I like to like do nice things for you. I know. I do too. It's just cute. 
Babe. Yes. Are you dehydrated? I am quite parched. I've been drinking. I drank two Element yesterday. Why like did you back. leave your Element packets in the car? Because I was too when you're excited. Hunting? I was too excited. They're so tiny. They're I perfect. Know. They fit in your pack. They slide right in. You just put them in the water. <laughs> slide right in. Slide right in. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I, ha- I even brought a little Nalgene bottle just for just for uh, just for mixing that up, and I left them in the car. But I had like a forty in there to somebody in the car. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't put them. I didn't need to. I'm gonna put them in there with everything else as I get everything kind of over the next couple of days as I progressively get things ready to go I'm back. Helicopter parent you while you pack. Yeah, this I know. Time. I know. That's the only thing I forgot at the car. And it's the one thing that you really need because you're eating baked lays on the way home to get some salt in your body. I crave salt whenever I get back. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's it, and it's just it'll be nice, too, because it just mix up and it's so palatable, too. It's just it makes you drink more water. Mm-hmm. You're out there filtering water and you're just hoping, you know, you get to find a little stream and you filter it out. And I do like four liters or six liters at a time usually now because I have a four liter a four liter bag and a two liter bag. And then I have a Nalgene that I just feel full of. I just put my, put my powdery goodness in there with my mm-hmm. salty, delicious magnesium. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many things in there because that's the one thing too, is I just like the food I'm eating is so basic. You know, even the, even all those freeze dried meals and stuff, it's just so clutch. And at that altitude too, it's like, I need the water, like hiking, moving around, sweating, um, trying to get good sleep, like just trying and making sure I'm getting as much. Cause I think too, water is heavy. So you don't want to carry, I don't carry right. that much water. Right. I don't like carrying more than two liters at a time, especially when I'm just moving around a lot because it's just so like a, a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. <laughs> that, so crazy. And that adds up. So, um, yesterday Connor, when he got home in the morning, so the first thing he does is make coffee and yesterday he's drinking out of his glass and he looks at me, he goes, Oh my God, I'm drinking water. I'm drinking water before I drink coffee. I thought this was coffee. Oh my God. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> Yeah, when it's so like, I usually make them at the same time, and I have yeah. them at, I like double fist. Yeah, you have an element in your coffee. Yeah, but um, yeah, so it was so clutch, and it's so funny too when you're like you've been out that long, and then you get one, and you're like, oh, it like soaks into your body, like you're like in like you're just a sponge on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Yeah. But anyways, so we love Element. Do it. Moral of the story: Drink it. Do you want to use your code? What? Why? Because. Because why? I don't know. I don't even know I'm what my code is anymore. I think they changed you. it. Oh really? Yeah. Give them yours. Okay. So if you go to drinkelement.com, that's drinklmnt.com slash Kelly T, you'll get a free sample pack. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. And they added more flavors into the sample pack because they're coming out with new flavors like every other day, uh, which I'm stoked about because yeah, the, the new ones are watermelon. also good. God damn. Yeah. Those are, those have, those have quickly become the best. Also, I would like well. to share a little hack with everyone. If you do, um, a packet of watermelon with a little bit of the lemon habanero in there. Mm. Oh my God. Spicy watermelon. So good. <laughs> it's so good. So good. So check that out. Um, other thing is Organifi. Um, I'm on that pumpkin spice game, like a basic bitch. You are a basic bitch. It is getting a little chillier. We're we're, I'm wearing a sweater finally. Um, and so I've been doing pumpkin spice and chocolate gold mixed together because they're both back in stock. Remember these are limited time offerings. So if you want to mix them up, um, I love a good PSL because again, basic bitch, but I love mixing a full scoop of pumpkin spice with a half a scoop of the chocolate gold. And then I put coconut butter in and blend it. 
It is so delicious. And we are on that six week till the wedding game. So I'm pretty much off sugar completely. So that is my delicious treat. I've been doing it in the afternoon actually, instead of um, at night and I'm loving it. So highly recommend checking out Organifi. You can go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T and you'll get 20% off. Okay. Back to show. So we were talking about being codependent and I was thinking about that this week a lot of how I, I will fall back into that trap over and over. Right. And how, Oh, this person completes me or, Oh, I need to like take care of him. That makes me important. All all those little things. Right. And I call Mm -hmm. myself out on that regularly. And that's something we've worked on a lot because you and I both tend to be codependent and, we really like each other and we're best friends and we do everything together and we have a lot of fucking fun, but that also lends itself to creating more codependence in a relationship and relying on each other. And so I'm curious where you think we are in the, uh, the rankings of codependence at this point. Oh, I've, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I, t- Honestly, it's so, the funny thing is, it's like none of the things that we do work without both of us. So that's like, that's it's interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Is it, is it, am I wrong? No, I haven't thought about it that way, though. It's like everything is like, it's like we, it's like, it, it's, it's like we teamed up and like, whether it's like, a, you know, whenever the, the Power Rangers would like combine and making like <laughs> the big for Power Rangers <laughs> and the big Power Ranger with like the sword and it would be like, do do. And then they'd be like, and they'd fight the dinosaur and it was like big monster, you know, yeah. that whole thing. Uh, it's kind of like that. It's like none of the, like none of this shit works. But then again, I mean, it's none of it works unless both of us are involved in it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, that's OK. I feel like I don't know. Is that, is that bad? I, I don't. It's a weird thing. I'm like, what? Because codependence is like, yeah, of course, you're going to be codependent on your fucking spouse. You know what I'm saying? It's like you take on different roles. So it's like now you, I don't do things now because you do them and you don't do some things now because I do them and you don't mm-hmm. have to fucking think about it and whatever, you know? I think that's different than like as a... Theo's Theo is crying. crying so loud. He's like, I want out of the house. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird... Codependence is a weird thing because it's like... I don't think it's always unhealthy. Right. Let's but justify gets, our codependence for this. No, I'm not, but, I, but I'm trying not, to, <laughs> I'm trying to be really aware of not doing that. Yeah. Right. Because I think there's places where codependence is incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. But when you live in the same fucking house, you're going to be codependent on one another. And you run a company together. You have dogs. Like together. if one of us, like God forbid, one of us died, like I couldn't do this. I wouldn't live in this house. I mean, I might, I, try, I would yes, probably, you would. I would try, but it'd be like, I mean, I'm, maybe I would do that, but like so many things would change. Like there would be stuff that just has to has to not be a thing. I yeah. we, we, I couldn't like maintain. You wouldn't run Soulfire. I couldn't maintain our life. No. Like the like, so it's like of course we're codependent. Like what is it? That you, I was just thinking about this too. It's like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. It's like that's just kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like you you got to play in the long game here, and you got to divi- divide up. It's like divide and conquer. Yeah. It's like even if with your co- like if you have roommates in college, you're kind of codependent on one another. Yeah. Unless your roommates suck, which they probably did, and then you realize how you wish you were more codependent because somebody's not fucking carrying their weight. I think it's whenever codependence gets problematic whenever you're codependent on somebody who doesn't want the responsibility. Mm. That's when it gets weird. Is he howling? Yes. What a weird sound. He's never made that sound. Should I let him out? No, he's, he's in trouble. He's a disappointment to me. <laughs> oh. I'm going to lock him in a cage somewhere. 
Yeah, I've been thinking about this too. It's varying degrees. By the way, I, I, I interrupt. I would not actually lock the dog in a cage somewhere, and he's not a disappointment to me. <laughs> yeah, he should probably tell people. I'm a, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit frustrated with him, but he's not a disappointment. He's he's a baby. He's working on it. He's working on it. Yeah, there are varying degrees of codependence. When we first started dating, and we were definitely fast codependence is a problem. Ooh. It, then you, That's then, what we did. Yeah, because you didn't like set the foundation for your codependence. No, it's like to me. I think about like think about it, it's like framing a house, right? You got to pour the fucking concrete first. If you just put the frame up, your shit's gonna fall over. When the bones are good. Oh yeah, there you go, Marin Morris, the, the great philosopher, Marin Morris. I mean, uh, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. But I think it's yeah. I think we've gotten to actually a very healthy level of codependence where. We rely on each other to handle our responsibilities. We show up for one another as needed. I feel like you and I have never been happier as individuals, more fulfilled, doing what really lights us up and supporting each other in that, creating the freedom and the space I was talking about earlier. Um, We've gotten rid of, and this is more on my part, but like so much of the jealousy and the neediness in a negative way of I need you to like make me okay and make me right and make me feel good and whole. Um, and you can't go do this other thing because it means less about me. Which I think that's like emotional codependence, which is different than like mm-hmm. pragmatic codependence. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally. Good, it's a different thing. It's like mm-hmm. validation seeking. Yeah. Or uh, relying on somebody else for your sense of like of worthiness. Mm-hmm. That's a different type of codependence than like, Hey, I, you know, you do this, you you do the groceries and I do the, you know, clean the yard. It's like, that's a different, t- you know what I'm saying? It's a different right. kind of thing. Well, I think that's, it's a dividing of responsibilities and people carrying their weight. It's like a, div- it's like a, um, tangible stuff mm-hmm. where it's like, it's yeah. Versus, cause if you're trying to have somebody fill you up or, or be, they're responsible for your sense of self-worth. That's an unwinnable game, right? right? Because you can just keep moving the goalposts emotionally, subconsciously, and not even know you're doing it. Yeah. And that, and relying on somebody else to do that, that's a different type of codependence than, than what I think we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what you think we have done to get to this point. Like, what are the things that we have flushed out or, you know, tried out that have gotten us to a healthy space? I don't, I can't think of anything that's like, that's, um, specific you know what I mean I feel like like a lot of it has just been having really hard conversations and being willing to be honest about well it was like a sink or swim deal you know what I mean it wasn't like there was a lot of deciding Mm -hmm. it was like you just gotta what are you gonna do you know figure it out right I don't even know a lot of it was even conscious to be honest with you I agree it just kind of happened yeah it's weird well I think a lot of it too is about the work that we've already done the yeah. work that we did individually before coming into this relationship and the work that we did for the first two years. I mean this with all the love in the world. <laughs> the first two years of our relationship were really fucking hard and had a lot of ups and downs and were very uncomfortable and pushed me beyond my edges and boundaries a lot of the time. I think that the last six months we've gotten into such an amazing groove and place and it's Because we got really uncomfortable for two years and we really got to know each other and we learned so much about one another when shit hit the fan, Remy dying, my mom dying, moving, you changing fucking careers, starting a business together, starting a show together, like all the things moving, you know, buying another house, all this stuff. 
And I think we really did our due diligence. I think we went there. We were willing to go there. We are willing to be uncomfortable. We are willing to be messy. We are willing to push this relationship truly as far as it could go in order to understand each other, have compassion, connect, be more vulnerable, all of that. And I think that's why we are where we are today. And I think that's why a lot of relationships don't last is because people aren't willing to fucking do that. Well, I mean, yeah. And yes. And yes. And you also just got to realize like, what are you going to, what are you, is it, I, I always come back to this, but it's like, it's a game of sacrifices, right? It's like, Two people who do what they fucking want to do. So there's going to be like a butting of heads. And it's like, where are you going to give? Because you got to give, you got to like make the sacrifices where they make sense Mm -hmm. for you. And what are you going to hold on to? Right? Like that's kind of, and that's just what you got to figure that out. If, if, if after the, the kind of dust settles in that situation, if everything turns out and you're like, oh, this is actually better than it was before. Well, then you're in a good spot. And that's kind of what, I don't feel like it was that. Again, I don't, it doesn't seem that conscious to me, but maybe it's not, maybe it's, this is not, this is not how it works. That's not how you operate. That's how my brain yeah, operates. Exactly. You're like doing this work and I'm like, this works. And then I just keep going. You know what I mean? It's, I'm just like, I'm, it's a I fucking thing. hate you. I know. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like, great. And then I just like, keep on, you know, keep on keeping on, you know, what is that on? <laughs> fucking God damn it. On <laughs> old school. Whenever oh, God. The, like a divorce divorce. <laughs> well, <laughs> Uh, keep on keeping on. <laughs> Will Ferrell, what a classic! I He's love so that. Good. Uh, um, Frank the Tank. Good I th- stuff. I think too something I talk about a lot. I get asked a lot for relationship advice in the DMs uh, and from friends, and um, I think we talked about this, or maybe I talked about it on my show. It's just it feels like a lot of people are getting divorced right now, and people ask, you know, what makes our relationship work, and how do we like how are we where we are? Cause we seem really happy. Um, cause we're great at lying. Um, no, <laughs> we are happy. I promise. Um, I think part of it is the freedom and the space we get to express ourselves and be who we are. And we embrace that about each other. Um, but I think the other thing is we fight forward and we've talked about this before on the show a little bit. We get in some gnarly ass fights. Oh, they're not that gnarly. They're gnarly. They're not. And you haven't been in gnarly fights. I guess. Um, <laughs> We've been in like a gnarly fight. Maybe no two. We've been in two ever. Yeah. And those are the pivotal moments. Those are the the conversations and the times where we have a chance to respond. And what is our response going to be? And how are we going to show up in that moment? Because that is what defines our relationship. And it's not always pretty and it's not easy. And I think it takes a lot for both of us sometimes to let something go, to show grace. And why are you putting vitamins on the table while I'm talking right now? I just thought about it's it. It's so distracting. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Jesus. Going. Like ice noise on the fucking podcast because you can't stop drinking your ice with um, le- dude, barely any coffee left. Now you're this? putting vitamins you, on the table. You go fucking hike 7 Jesus. million miles and fucking then go dove hunting and take you out to do something very fun and very nice uh-huh. that you enjoyed so much. I did so much. And I'm very tired. And I thought about, hey, I need to take these CBD capsules because my, While body, recording. My, my body hurts and I knew if I didn't do it right now, I was going to forget. So I did it quietly and I put them over here Try so I could remember crazy. to take them whenever the show is over. Wait. Can I not take care of my own body? I'm trying to take, put my self-care first. 
And I'm just trying to I am a priority. Am I on a lie? I'm trying to I'm trying to really honor my truth and you need to fuck off. <laughs> um and there will be some ice noise on this podcast and dogs chirping in the background. Lord oh, help us. Just deal with it. I think that those are the moments that have really defined our relationship is the fighting forward, the productive fighting where we really have learned how to listen to each other and really not just listen, but hear each other and hold on to what the other person is saying. What are you doing? Stop. What is wrong? Now he's like shoving the pills into little crevices on the desk. I'm just fiddling. I'm always so fiddling with something when we podcast. I can't talk and not so fiddle with something. Why are you so just do your fucking job, dude? You're a goddamn podcaster. You're not. A, what, what the fuck do you think this is? Oh, for now. You're not like a guest on my show. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm get, aware. Get over here. So. Jesus Christ. Why do you like, I guess, what is it that you. <laughs> so distracting. What have you done? For me, I'll say my part first. I have really had to swallow my own pride and my need to be right and my selfishness in fighting to get to where we are. And it's been, you know, when you just feel like you get gut punched, that's what it felt like for the first two years. I constantly was in this place where I'm like, fuck, I have to apologize. Fuck. Yeah. I didn't handle that. Well, fuck. I wasn't compassionate. Fuck. Like, why didn't you just listen to him? Why can't you see it from his perspective? Those are all the conversations I had to have with myself in order for us to get to a point where we could, we just don't fight that much anymore. Like little things will come up, of course, because we're different people and you annoy the shit out of me. But other than that, it's, we've kind of like sifted through so much stuff. Why are you looking at me like that? Can you not You're finish so a funny. thought? Sorry, damn it. I'll say that on the air. So that's my, like, that's my thought process, but what is what has been yours for from the guy who doesn't think about it and it just happens? I mean, so I really woke. just have to. It's more about like patience, right? So, love <laughs> <laughs> <Not> this patient. <laughs> really want someone to read who's going to read that at our wedding? I don't know, but I think it should be someone just like so stupid and I know. in a weird voice. Yeah, um, Elmo maybe Elmo. <laughs> Elmo as John Mayer. <laughs> that was happening this morning. Oh yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, um, it's just really the patience. Bef- I need to be. Pa- more, I have to. I had to learn to be patient with you while you were realizing that I was right about mostly everything. Oh my god! So it really but is. Like that's what swear they're talking. God, that's literally <laughs> what it is. <laughs> well, the funny thing we talk about this a lot. It's like oh. I don't really pick a hill to die on unless I'm extremely confident that I'm correct. And when I'm wrong, I'm like, oh, wow, I was really wrong. He just, okay, funny thing about Connor. So Connor will just babble on, as you all can imagine, because he doesn't shut up. And he only has one, you know, level that he operates at. The moment I bring something up where he's like, oh, fuck, I think she might be right. He won't admit that. He just gets quiet and he just well, sits I'm, there. I'm thinking about and I'm it. like, that's when I know. I'm like, ooh, I might have won this one. Yeah. Yeah, the three, <laughs> it's very the rare. Three, three ever. But it's just, it's like, because the thing about it is, I, it's like, I this is a Mark Manson thing where it's like, I just don't give a fuck unless I need to give a fuck. And when I need to give a fuck, I'm like, I like, I like, I'm pretty like, I'm stubborn. I'm like a mule. It's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to move me on this. No. Like, it's like, this is where I'm at. But I'll change my mind if it's like, if I'm, there's like flexible areas of my life and then there's a handful that aren't. 
Um, no, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just learning. I don't, I don't think about it in the same way that you do it. Maybe it's just cause I'm a dude and it's just, it's just like anything else. It's like, it's like, uh, playing sports. It's like, I, I was a better football player at it, it. By the time I was a senior in high school than I was when I was in eighth grade. And it wasn't because I was like watching YouTube videos. Like I am now with hunting and stuff. It's like, I just played the game and you like do a thing like are the same. We can use, bring it back to elk hunting. It's like, I called that first bull in and like, I fucked it up because of this happened and I just didn't do that again. You know, it's like, I don't, it's just, it's, it's learning by experience, kind of trial by fire in a way, but at least the lessons out of that are real. I'm not like chasing my own tail psycho spiritually to be like, what's the lesson in this thing. It's like you use that as kind of the bumpers and you know, and, to use some Birmingham bowling terminology, but it's just like bouncing back and forth, moving forward. It's semi-directed persistence. It's mm-hmm. like you just like a like a little river flowing through the world. Like, oh, you hit this little berm, and now you turn and you do this other thing, and just kind of keep moving along. And it's just being like being present for that kind of stuff, and being aware of when you need to like zig or zag, and doing it, and then like you know, put marking that little lesson in your life book, and then moving on. And then if it seems like to be an important one that you might want to teach your kids, like journal about it and solidify it more and flush it out or talk about it on a podcast and then keep going. I just, there's just a little bit less, I'm a pretty introspective person, but I don't, it's not a thing I have to try to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been that way for a long time because I was super self-conscious and I think you probably were too. So it just leads like intense insecurity as a young person leads to introspection as an adult. A lot of times. (laughs) I just am way more over analytical than you are. Yeah. I I, I have to like beat things. I get neurotic about very specific things, but not, I don't have a general neuroticism. No, I'm just generally neurotic, (laughs) which is fine. But yeah, it's, I wish I had better. And that's the thing I, I think back when I was doing more personal development stuff, and I think this is one of the problems with personal development, honestly, is I would try to find a way to articulate every fucking thing that I was like going through all the time. Yeah. And now I just don't feel the need to do that. Well, and it's funny too, because people, they'll listen to the show and then I'll get messages like, but how did you get there? And I don't always have an answer. I'm like, I don't know. This is years of fucking ayahuasca, then mushrooms, then fighting, then hating myself, then hating someone else, then figuring this out, then taking this step, then taking a step back. It's like a culmination of so many things to get to this point. I can't give you a three-step process to healthy codependence. Like that's just not how I operate, you know? And I think there's a, there's something valuable in what you said is it's not always, it doesn't always need to be verbalized. It doesn't always need to be figured out. Sometimes it's just a feeling. Yeah. I, I think you and I have gotten really good at following a feeling and following our gut instinct and also trusting each other's gut instincts. Like there are decisions that we make together that I am like, I don't think this is right. And I trust you. And nine times out of 10, when you're like, my gut tells me this or my intuition, like this is how we ended up in this house. This is so many things. It's It's right for us, but we've learned how to trust each other to get there. And you trust me on things, you know, soul fire was an amazing example of that. You fought me so hard on it and you were like, okay, I just, I'm going to trust you. Like you figure this out and here we are. Right. And it's, it's learning to trust each other. It's learning to, um, be okay with not being the one to always lead. Well, know where you're, know your role. Yes. It's like very much know your role. Like I, like I just don't, you're not a running decisions. a business person. Well, and I also and don't I, need to make every, you asked me to make every fucking decision. I'm like, I, and I'm like, I'm just on, I'm like, I, and it's, it sounds like I maybe sound dickish, but I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, I don't care. What I, what did I care about? 
I put the gym together in the garage. I picked out the equipment and like what we needed and like made the decisions and asked you, you know, asked your opinion. But at the end of the day, it was like my, my thing because I've yeah. done it 7,000 times right. and also helped a bunch of other people do the exact same thing. So I've like been through that process of, of doing the thing like that. That was my place to do the thing, you know, where it's, you know, when we're saying we're using surface level examples, but like the couches, you're like, what do you think about this couch? And not give feedback if necessary or a rug yeah. we were buying yesterday. Cause we have this house to fill up with stuff now. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, what do you think about this? I'm like, I don't like it. Like, so, so it's like, if I care, if I'm like, I know, yeah. I'll tell you no, but it's like, yeah, like pick another one out and I'll show me, you know? And then you find one you're like, oh yeah, that one's cool. And maybe it's like, a, it's just a thing like that. And that happens on, that's again, that's very like superficial shit, but that also happens in other stuff too. You know, like it's more, more stuff that's more personal and more intimate. Um, and that's important and you gotta, yeah, just pick your battles and know your, know your role. But that again comes from experience. You, you can't just do that. You can't sit down and make an organizational chart like you would in a company based on people's resumes in a relationship. It just no. doesn't work that way. Well, don't you think too, this is your longest relationship, right? No. Well, you were on and well, when you were in high school, but like, that's different. Or is it? Yeah, I guess it is. It is. So yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and I was in an on and off relationship for like four years, but this is my longest, like continuous. We've been together for two and a half I should years. Probably break up with you. I mean, obviously, um, I've never gotten to this point and I don't, I don't think that I, I know I wasn't equipped or capable of doing this in my twenties. That's why I don't no. think people should get married until later in life and have kids. I mean, it's, it depends. It, it, that's 100% for the, circumstantial. Well, for the most yeah. part, I don't think most of us are mature or have the awareness or the ability to do this until later. Cause you fucking have to live your well, life. It also depends on where you want to put your energy in life. And that's a, that's a that's completely subjective experience. I think people in my hometown that are going to, that are investing their life into building a life in that town should probably get married at 25. I think it's probably the best thing for them. So weird. It's weird, but it's again, but that's like, and they, and like people do that and they're fucking stoked on it and they have yeah. a great time and they have kids and they do the thing. And it's like, that's, but it's like, that's a, it, again, it's a completely subjective experience where like, I don't think they're less happy or more happy right. than I am because of the decisions they made. But I just, I don't want to say, I don't want to, I don't like throwing blankets. Well, it's not a blanket statement. I'm just saying like, for the most part in what I encounter in my life, most of us are more mature and more well-equipped. I don't even know the yeah. thing. Uh, later in life, period. For yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I, I, I didn't have the ability to get to this point and be patient and hash it out and like talk things through and, you know, take a five steps backwards in order to take 10 steps forwards. I just didn't know all these things. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it takes time and I think it takes a willingness to get uncomfortable to be able to get to this point. It's just like, people don't want to be uncomfortable. People don't want to like figure it out. It's, Oh, this is, this was my thing. I bailed every time. I'm like, Oh, this, this one thing didn't work. I'm out. I didn't have any patience to have a hard conversation Man, and I'm able to the now. Bible. <laughs> Love is patient. <laughs> so he does Moira's voice from uh, Shit's Creek all the time. Hamless Tadas. <laughs> she was so good. Uh, also Love part of that. our language. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, no, I think there's, I, there's, I there's think a lot of that, important. and that, that's also just part of fucking growing up. And I think one of the things too is like just because your age is whatever, you know, it doesn't mean you're mature. That you that you're that 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 you're that no. age of maturity or uh, understanding. And a lot of that has to do with like how many people have you dated? How, how did those go? Did they all, did you burn them all fucking down to the ground? Did, did you always get burned? Like, why are you a good fit for this type of person? Like, it's just, but again, it's like, it's, are you, are you actually using the experience that you got to learn from? Or are you projecting that blame onto other people? Which is something I see a lot where it's like, oh, I didn't work out because he's an asshole or she's a bitch or this happened. And then it's like, 
okay, like you were there for a reason. So like you need to at least be like, what was my part? And no matter how fucked up it is, they were getting cheated on for 10 years. Like, well, what was your, what role, what responsibility can you take in that situation? Yeah. That's a fucked up thing to ask somebody, but it's hard. It's hard, but it's like, I mean, you know, why, you know, it's like, why, why would you, why would you, why would you stick around for that? Even to the point of like, it's a hard thing to ask somebody. Maybe there was like domestic violence. It's like, well, you need to under, you need to really intimately understand why you put up with that shit. You know, because that's not that's not like a secret thing. You know, when secretly domestically violences you, like you understand. Right. You know what I mean? It's like so. That's like, and that's an extreme. And I like to go to extremes just to like use an example of like there is some responsibility there on like understand not understand not taking responsibility for the something somebody that abused you. Yeah, that's it's not like thing. hey, will you but hit me? No, 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 no. It's, it's that's not response. That's not that's not right. fault. Right. Fault and response. It's like, but what was it? that kept you in that situation. That's a part of yourself. You need to intimately understand because otherwise you're going to bring that back into your life in some way. And that's the difference in fault and responsibility. And I think having that understanding that delineation is super crucial because otherwise it's really easy. And just think about the world right now is a great, we're talking about this yesterday, the world right now and how you've seen how easy it is like fear judgment, judgment, especially right now is really intense. Um, in this, in the world in general, like it seems like an all time fucking high for just like personal choices uh, across the spectrum, and you can see how easy it is to fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. And so think about that, like that happened to it happened it happened to a culture right now. It's happening to a culture right now. I think that, and you think you're immune to it, like it, it's got it's got a grip on millions of people, and you think that you're gonna like you're not getting sucked into like the trap of being fear fear driven and judgmental uh, because it's safer and easier. Well, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's naive. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think one of the things is like just not being naive. Yeah. It's a really big part of it. Yeah. Well, don't be naive. Don't be naive. Be healthy codependent. <laughs> uh, Thanks, you got to earn your codependence. I think that's a good way to say it. Mm. Earn, earn your codependence. I like that. It takes time. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, nice blend of codependence and selfishness is where you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right, babe. Love Let's go you. do some more things. Nice I love you, Frank. Okay, bye. Bye.